right, everybody, welcome back to We Dig Tennessee. I'm your host, Matt Mingus. Uh, glad to have you guys listening again. Uh, glad to have you back on the show. Um, this week, we got Mr. Craig Ingram back with us. Craig, how are you, brother? Doing good, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Hope everybody had a good uh, Easter weekend, and you know we're starting off Safe Digging Month, so happy Safe Digging Month. That's right. That's right. Happy Safe Digging Month. That, that's why Craig's joining us today. He's uh, you know, we're starting our annual Safe Digging Month Toolbox Talk contest. This is the third year for it, uh, and we're gonna do things a little differently this year. We're gonna we're gonna try and get a different member of the industry on each week to talk about safe digging and why it's important to them and and how it helps you know everyone in our industry and. Uh, Craig, on behalf of A11, is going to join us here for week one, kicking it off strong, buddy. Yeah, looking forward to it. You know, happy for the opportunity. And uh, this year, Matt and I talked about, like, you know, what do we want to do with these toolbox talks? How do we make sure that we're putting out, you know, a message that's useful and it's not just the same old, same old? So I think today, instead of just talking about 811 or safe digging in kind of a general sense, uh, we're going to talk about a specific topic that we've gotten questions on recently. And something that I think can be really useful for our membership. Yeah, I agree. And, and you you picked a good one, uh, and it's something that uh, my company at Team Constructions had a had a run in with here recently. And I'm, I'll be happy to share that uh, that little lesson learned from Team with everybody here once we get done with the toolbox talk. Uh, but before you jump into the toolbox talk, I just want to remind everybody how this thing works. Uh, you know, we'll send out this toolbox talk uh, via email and this podcast. Uh, the email version will have a few questions with it. Uh, the idea is to have your foreman, crew leaders, superintendents, whoever's out there running running your crews, go over the toolbox talk with their crew, answer the questions, have everybody sign it, turn it back in. Uh, you know, this comes out on a Wednesday. Turn it back in by the next Tuesday. On that Tuesday, we'll do a drawing uh, of all the foremen who who turned in their toolbox talks, and they'll be they'll get a, a prize for the week. Um, so, you know, we'll just, I think y'all saw it last year as well. I've got a little wheel. I put it in and hit start and it'll, it'll pick somebody at random. So everybody that completes it, turns it back in, turns it back in, their name goes into that drawing and every, we'll have a weekly prize. So, uh, and this week's prize will be courtesy of Tennessee 811. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, man. And it's a AO brand, a soft-sided canvas cooler guaranteed to hold ice for 24 hours and 120 degree heat. Uh, it's a nice little kind of soft sat sided cooler bag. So I think somebody really like it. Yeah, they're very nice. I got the, got the opportunity to get my hands on one being on the Tennessee 811 board. They're, they're very, very nice coolers. They do a great job. So if you got, got to put a cooler in the back of the truck to keep your, your Cokes and waters and stuff cold out there in the summer, as it starts to warm back up for us, you're going to want this sucker. So y'all get those toolbox talks turned back in get in the drawing and we'll pick us a winner next week. Um, but with that, Craig, let's jump right into the toolbox talk, man. Yeah. So our subject is second notices. And you probably know that, you know, Tennessee 811 is the one call service for the state of Tennessee. Uh, it's called a one call service because you can notify all member utilities in an area that you plan to excavate by making one call to 811 instead of individual calls to several utilities. And of course, when the process works like it's supposed to, that one call gets all the underground utilities marked within three working days. But in the real world, things don't always go according to plan. So what happens if you make your one call to 811 and you wait the three working days that you're supposed to wait for a normal ticket, but you're still missing marks when you get out to the job site? In Tennessee, if an excavator observes clear evidence of an unmarked utility, 
at the site of their proposed excavation, they're required to make a second call to 811. And if you want to look that up in the Underground Utility Damage Prevention Act or our DIG law, it's 6531108D, and you'll see that in the uh, digital or the print copy of the Toolbox Talk as well. But that second call that I mentioned, which we refer to as a second notice, gives Tennessee 811 the chance to let utility companies know that they haven't marked the entire area, that they've marked the wrong area, or that they haven't marked at all. So here's the really important part for excavators. After you call in a second notice, the law says you can proceed with your work as long as you use reasonable care to avoid damage to underground utilities. Uh, So that's right. You don't have to wait another three working days or even another three minutes. Uh, But a word to the wise, if your project timeline allows you to wait on the utilities to respond, then go ahead and wait because someone could still get hurt even if you're in compliance with the law. So we talked about reasonable care and it's important to kind of understand that concept. And I want to kind of step aside from the toolbox talk for just a second and hit on that. The law defines reasonable care as the amount of care that a reasonable person would use in a given situation. It's intentionally a very kind of broad and vague topic. So the best thing to kind of keep in mind is if you're digging in an area where you know that you've got unmarked utilities, Think about like, if I have to make my case to someone that I did everything I could to protect this line, what would that look like? So if I, you know, think that the line is about three foot deep and I, you know, take the excavator and I dig, you know, two feet and 11 inches down full speed, you know, thinking that I'm going to get to that three foot mark. Can I really say that I used reasonable care there? You know, uh, consider using hydro excavation, vacuum excavation, hand tools at the very least. Uh, you know, just keep in mind, if it comes down to it and we unintentionally hit this line, how can we make the case that we did everything that we could have done reasonably to protect that line? So that's what that reasonable care piece means. And that's really important. Uh, But when we're talking about these second notices, you know, it all hinges on if you observe clear evidence of an unmarked utility. So what counts as clear evidence of an unmarked utility? Here's some examples for you. Uh, You've got buried structures like handholes, manholes, or vaults. So that's something that either just a surface component of it is exposed, or maybe it's even completely buried in the case of some of these vaults. Uh, But essentially, you're looking for any kind of, um, you know, surface that's present, usually flush with the ground. That could be an indicator that you've got something under there. Uh, Similar, but not necessarily always, is meters. You know, with a water meter, it's typically in a meter box, which is at grade, below grade. Uh, But you may be dealing with an electric meter, a gas meter that's on a pole on a building. Uh, So look for those things that could be above ground. Uh, When we're talking about natural gas specifically, you could have a farm tap or a riser. So essentially, you're just looking for pipe that that comes up out of the ground. It may have a a valve or a a pressure uh, release valve or something like that on there that would help you identify that maybe you're dealing with natural gas. Uh, another you know, kind of obvious thing is if you see old or faded utility markings that don't appear to be fresh, like from your locate request, but maybe from some previous excavation project that was going on at the job site, that could be an indication that, hey, they didn't come out and mark, but we see that those evidence of those old markings, so we know something's there. Uh, pad mount transformers could be out there. Uh, permanent marker poles or signs. So that could be a pipeline warning marker, 
Uh, they've got similar poles for fiber optic and even water and sewer. So look for those uh, service drops running down a pole. So if you've got electricity that's largely overhead in this community, uh, but it comes down a pole and then goes underground into the house, you know, look for those uh, those poles and the wires that could be coming down them. Uh, telecom pedestals, which is those little, you know, foot to two and a half foot tall, uh, usually like plastic covered boxes that have uh, coax connections or, or, or uh, fiber or copper connections inside. Traffic signal cabinets, which are going to be usually present at intersections where you've got uh, red lights. And then valve covers, which you'll often see those like in the surface of the road, so surrounded by asphalt. So really just any kind of surface indication uh, that you could have an underground utility there. And some of those are going to be more obvious than others, but those are all good examples of things that could be clear evidence of unmarked utilities. So occasionally a utility will be notified on a locate request, but they won't actually put paint on the ground at the site. Uh, that can be because they have underground lines on the property, but not in the area where you're working. So maybe you said that, that you need them to mark the rear of the property because that's where your digging work is going on. But the utility that we're referring to only has lines in the front of the property. So that could be a reason that they don't mark because that didn't match up with the area that you put on the locate request. Or it could be that they received a ticket that's technically outside of their service area. So the 811 maps, the maps that our agents are utilizing to make sure that your locate request goes out to the right people, uh, it all depends on the utility data that they provide uh, that's kind of underneath that, the, the layer that's below like the street maps and the things that we see if we look at, you know, Google Maps or something similar. So it could be that, you know, we have the service area for this utility and your ticket is right on the edge of that and it gets caught in the safety buffer that we use just to kind of make sure that a utility doesn't get missed. So that's a situation where they receive the ticket, but it's technically outside of their service area, so you're not actually going to see markings from them. But regardless of the exact you know, nature of that situation, it can be hard to know when a missing mark is an error or an omission versus when there's no conflict and they intentionally didn't put paint out there. But uh, you can use Tennessee 811's online positive response system to make sure all utilities have responded to your locate request. And if you're not familiar with that, all utilities are required to respond to every ticket that they receive through positive response. And you can use the ticket search feature both on our website or in the TN811 mobile app. So you can go to TN811.com on your computer or even from your smartphone, uh, or you can go to your app store on your smartphone and download the TN811 mobile app. And when you look in there at your ticket, if your tickets validate and time have passed, but a utility hasn't responded in there in positive response, then you should also treat that like you've got an unmarked line uh, and go ahead and call in that second notice. Because again, there's no additional wait time for the excavator once you put in that second notice. Our agents are going to caution you and suggest like, if you can wait, please wait, give them the opportunity to fix this mistake. Uh, but we also understand that, you know, you're getting paid to do a job. Uh, productivity is, is a consideration. We always like to say safety first, but we understand that, you know, we're in business to make money as contractors. So it's just the reality of the situation. Uh, but the biggest thing is just remember, safe digging does start with one call. That's the call to 811. But the safest excavators know when to make a second call. Yep. And that's our toolbox talk on second notices. 
Yep, and I like that one. That's a good one. It's a great topic. Um, and one of the things I, I like to remind people to keep in mind, especially in the list of stuff that you gave people to look for, uh, you know, to, to understand that there might be something that didn't get marked is, those are things that as contractors we use every time we go to look at a job. You know, we show up at a job before it's been marked, you know, we're just looking to bid it and we're looking for manholes and meters and, and all that kind of stuff to know what kind of challenges we might face out there. So if you get the job, you show up on the job, you've got your active, your valid one call ticket, it's not out there, you see those things, clearly you need to make that second notice. And it is required in the law of an excavator to make a second notice if you know something's there, if there's physical evidence and that's a situation that we ran, we ran into here at team uh, this past winter with the Metro water line. Uh, you know, it was uh, there, there was faded marks out there and my guys failed to see them. Uh, and, you know, when, when I got the bill, I was like, man, I don't, I don't feel like I'm fully responsible for this. So I call Metro and to their credit, they've, their damage prevention people are actually really good to work with. So we, you know, kind of go a little back and forth and, they're like, no, there was faded lines. You should have made a second notice. And I was like, well, you're not wrong. So it's uh, just, you know, sometimes it's an easy thing to overlook that second notice. Uh, you know, everybody thinks about the process and goes, well, I got my one call. I'm good to go digging, which is true. But if there is just, just take a little extra time, look for those indicators, look for those marks, look for, because, you know, if there, there's water, water meter out there, you know that there's that, that it's coming off a of main somewhere. So if you don't see those watermarks, whether they're faded, not there, whatever, you got to make that second notice. So it's it's a simple process and an easy easy thing to do. It's just uh, something that you know when you get out there and you're ready to start putting buckets in the ground, you, you, it gets overlooked at times. So, uh, but you know, part of the process. Yeah, and you don't want to get caught up in a technicality. You know, you want to you want to make sure that you've got that paper trail behind you, and you know, it's all about doing due diligence. You know. You have to make sure that when it comes down to it at the end of the day, you know, we hate to like consider how we cover our backsides in every little situation, but you've got to make sure that you've checked your boxes, covered your bases, done what you have to do. And a second notice is part of that. Yep, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things I want people to think about during this Safe Digging Month contest is that, you know, when a lot of people, when they hear damage prevention, they think about doing damage investigations, protecting themselves from you know, miss marks or no marks or whatever, that's not really damage prevention. That's more of damage investigation. Damage prevention is in the name. It's about preventing from ever hitting an, an underground facility. So, uh, you know, and, and simple things as, as a second notice can really take away a lot of that headache. Um, you know, and it is required in the law that you must make that second notice and, you know, just slow down, do your due diligence, take your time, make it happen. I mean, it's, it's simple. So. Yeah, I think that's a good way to sum it up. Um, and then all and like Craig hit on the end of that toolbox talk. Always remember positive response. You just go on the app, punch in your ticket number. It'll bring up the positive response op option. It, it's simple to use. That way, you know, you know if someone either missed it or if it's not marked because it's no conflict. Because if they've responded to that no conflict, then there is no need to make that second notice. So. Because it's like most likely got that buffer zone that Craig was talking about. So just pay yeah. attention to that in conjunction with your physical indicators and you'll know whether or not you need to make that second notice. Yeah, I like to refer to positive response as you're like, that's your definitive answer. That's your like, I can look at it in black and white and I don't have to guess like, all right, paint versus no paint. What does that mean? 
positive response gives you that definitive, you know, essentially yes or no answer. Yep, absolutely. So, all right, man. Well, I, that was a great toolbox talk. I'm starting off this contest strong. That, that was a good one. So, uh, you kind of set the set the bar up there for everybody else that comes on the show. Well, I hope it's beneficial to folks that are hearing this. That's definitely something that that we in eight one one get questions on all the time. Is you know what happens when I do what I'm supposed to do, but you know the other side of the process isn't upheld. And so it, it's a very important one. So thanks for the opportunity. Oh yeah, man. Happy to have you. Um, so any other knowledge you want to hit us with before you jump off? No, I think the biggest thing is, you know, safe digging month is a, a good time to be talking to your folks about the importance of damage prevention. Um, you know, this is a great time for us to try to reach the homeowners that are out there because the weather's getting nicer. You know, people are ramping up their, their excavation efforts. So safe digging month, you know, is not the only month that we should be worried about damage prevention and safe digging. But just like, you know, trench safety stand down and some of these other things that we do as a NUCA chapter, it's kind of like, all right, we're going to highlight this period of time. We're really going to focus on this particular subject and, and drive it home to our folks. So just take advantage of this. And if there's anything that, you know, we at NUCA or we at Tennessee 811 can do to, to help you with safe digging month, you know, education, let us know. Absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's safe digging is every time you put a shovel in the ground. We're just putting an extra emphasis on it for that month of April. So, man, I appreciate you joining us and, and sharing this with us. Again, man, great toolbox talk. Thanks, Matt. All right, everybody. I uh, just want to say thank you again to Craig for joining us. Uh, great toolbox talk. Uh, like I said, coming on strong first week of this contest with a great, great topic. Um, so everybody get those turned in by next Tuesday. Uh, we'll draw a winner Tuesday and announce winners and the next Toolbox Talk on Wednesday. Uh, I do want to mention, because I cannot remember if I said this in the beginning, this is open to both East Tennessee and Middle Tennessee chapters. So, again, uh, crew leaders, foremen, superintendents, supervisors, whoever it is that you have out there in the field leading your crews, that's who I want to hear from turning these back in. Uh, again, go over the Toolbox Talk with your crew, answer the questions, turn them back in with the appropriate information on there, and we will... Uh, get a winner drawn and you're gonna get a really awesome cooler courtesy of Tennessee 811 for this week so uh, with that we'll close this thing out with a few chapter reminders uh, from East Tennessee uh, you know I'm, uh, they just had the golf tournament I have not heard how that went but I am certain that it went awesome uh, Wendy seemed like she had a great plan in place for that one so I'm looking forward to hearing about it but they do currently have a couple other things going on. One, uh, Mr. Andy Graves from United Rentals has accepted a nomination to be the chair of their safety committee. So they are looking for volunteers to be a part of that committee and continue to work towards improving safety for all East Tennessee members. Secondly, they are working to put together a workforce development committee. Uh, workforce development and safety are two things that are near and dear to everyone in our industry. Uh, so if you want to jump in with both feet get involved in your chapter get in touch with wendy uh, they're still looking for someone to lead their workforce development committee and looking for members for it as well as for the safety committee so if you're interested get in touch with wendy wendy at nuka.com w-e-n-d-i at nuka.com or 865-264-3233 to get in touch with wendy uh, pretty excited sounds like east tennessee's got some awesome stuff going on right now uh, and then coming up April 7th, which as of the release of this podcast is today. So today, uh, 
there is safety and leadership for supervisors from Carl Vasquez. Uh, Carl's the the safety director for Nuka National. A lot of experience in our industry, and this should be a pretty good uh, opportunity for everybody to get some very valuable knowledge from someone who has a lot of experience in our industry. So get signed up for that uh, as quickly as you can. Uh, for Middle Tennessee, we've got the associate members only event coming up. Uh, we've got an associate networking event where we want to get together with all of our associate members and find out from you guys what Nuka's doing good for you, what, what you can help us with, what we can help you with, and just how we continue to make this go in the right direction for everybody. Uh, so that's Thursday, April 8th. So as of the release of this podcast, it's tomorrow, uh, 1130 a.m. at the Nashville Gun Club. We've got quite a few people signed up, but we'd love to see more. Um, even if you're a prospective associate member for Nuka Mill, Tennessee, come join us. Come talk to us. That's what we're there for. Uh, I want to say thank you to Ferguson Waterworks, Clary Construction, and Team Construction for sponsoring that one. It's going to be a good, good, good event. Uh, oh, and note on that one, if you're signing up for it in your weekly email, click the registration link and order your lunch option because it has to be ordered ahead of time due to COVID. So if you're going to have lunch with us while you're there, you've got to order that ahead of time. So just um, a quick note on that one. Uh, April 22nd at 3 p.m., Corey Tour, Rogers Group, Inc., up there in Mount in Gallatin. This is going to be awesome. Huge thank you to Rogers Group for doing this. Um, I'm really excited to go and see that tour and see how see that Corey and, and see how that all that whole operation works. Um, and then afterwards, we're going to get together at Jonathan's in Hendersonville for a little happy hour, chit chat, get together. Uh, you know, we've had a few in person events since COVID starting to lighten up, but it'd be good just to have a drink and, and get to chat with everybody again. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so again, check your weekly email for that one. Uh, Saturday, May 8th at noon, we're going to have a little uh, nuka day at uh, the Nashville Soccer Club. We're going to have kind of a reduced ticket rate for that one. So if you're interested, uh, we'll be releasing registration details next week. So be, be on the lookout for that one. Uh, then coming up in May is be another Washington Summit. We're going virtual with this one again. Um, and it's looking, we're, we're shooting for the dates of May 25th to 27th um, to get on there and if you were a part of last year's virtual ones it turned out great uh, it was the first time it had been done virtual and it seemed almost like the folks on the hill in dc had more time for us doing it virtually than than people barging into their offices all day but we're going to try and follow this one up with an in-person again in the fall so uh, maybe an opportunity to get in front of our legislators twice and, and so we're really looking forward to this so be on the lookout for that uh, a couple other save the dates the annual clay shoot from nuka mill tennessee Thursday, November 4th. Uh, we're going to have breakfast, lunch, awards, and door prizes. So get that on your calendar, November 4th. Uh, another save the date here, holiday extravaganza, December 18th at Bagsby Ranch in Gallatin. Uh, if you've not been to Bagsby Ranch, beautiful property. This is going to be a great place to have this event, and we're really looking forward to getting together with everyone there. Um, so with that, guys, I'll wrap this one up. Uh, again, get these toolbox talks turned in i'm excited to be doing this contest for the third year in a row uh first year having east tennessee join us for it and it's going to be awesome uh so get those toolbox talks turned in so we can get a winner picked announce on next wednesday and we'll get the next topic out next wednesday next if i can talk next wednesday as well so uh any questions guys reach out to natalie at mid tn at nuka.com m-i-d T-N at nuka.com. 
get windy at windy at nuka.com w-e-n-d-i at nuka.com you can always reach me m mingus at team con llc.com m-m-i-n-g-u-s at t-e-a-m-c-o-n-l-l-c.com uh, and we'll be happy to answer any, any questions you have about nuka and what we got going on and uh, happy to help so with that guys i'll wrap this one up so y'all stay safe out there and keep digging tennessee